As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to an emergency edition of a combo broadcast of the Andy Staples Show and Power Hour there is a regularly scheduled power hour that goes up Tuesday morning, hosted by our own Nicole Auerbach. And there's a regularly scheduled Andy Staples show going up Tuesday night after the college football rankings. But holy crap, Brian Kelly is going to LSU. The Notre Dame job is open. Lincoln Riley got introduced at USC. Nicole, this is the craziest coaching carousel ever. Two days ago, did you think we would be talking about Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly in this coaching here? No. And it's funny like because my entire mailbag, my, my mailbag column last week led with a letter or letter led with a question from a reader saying, why don't some of these guys go after Brian Kelly? And I said, well, they should. They should ask at least. Did you, LSU did you think specifically LSU should? I thought USC probably would. I think the USC I thought would, LSU would ask about more Riley. of a fit sense. Like, I'm having trouble picturing Brian Kelly on Bourbon Street. Like, I just, like, the fit of the Notre Dame head coach going to LSU, I'm just so stunned by. I don't know. What is happening? Why are these coaches who are in these blue blood, great jobs that people retire from, that people work their whole career to get to jumping ship? I am just flabbergasted. Okay. I, I have two thoughts on that. One, I don't think anybody should go into one of these jobs thinking they're going to retire there. I think we've watched too many times where the situation went sour and it just fell apart. But so it that's didn't one. Yet in either of these situations. I, I know, but it it feels like it's always just around the corner. I mean, Brian Kelly was riding high and then 2016 happened. He had to revamp everything. And he's been great since. I mean, he brought the program to another level after that. But I, I also think in both cases, in Lincoln Riley's case and Brian Kelly's case, it's a deal where they're looking at their current situation and they're saying, I don't know about my chances of winning the national title here in the near future. The uh, the place I'm going 
feels like a place where I'm more likely to do that. Am I crazy? I mean, I think I think that's that's fair in this situation. I, I you know, I mean, USC feels further away than Oklahoma currently. But, U- but, that but will USC change. can can get to the top of its conference very quickly. Yes, and make the playoff. Whereas every yeah, year. whereas Notre Dame is kind of. I think Brian Kelly had Notre Dame at its ceiling. I think in the twenty first century, fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, in the twenty first century, what he's doing at Notre Dame is as good as it it's probably going to get. And so I, I, I always go back to that. I think it was a Cotton Bowl against Clemson. It was a semifinal game, and it was, the first quarter was really like kind of nip and tuck, neck and neck. And then Julian Love gets hurt, and Clemson just terrorizes Julian Love's backup for three quick touchdowns and and all of a sudden the game's over. And it's like at Notre Dame, can you ever build a team deep enough to play with the Alabamas and the Clemsons? And and especially if the playoffs going to expand to 12, you'd have to win. If you're Notre Dame, you'd have to win four of those games. But you'd always be there. Like you would always, this is, but LSU, LSU can build one that can win it. That I buy that I buy. What's crazy about this in particular, is Notre Dame might make the playoff in six days. Now. Yes. In, in six yes, days. Yes, if Georgia and Baylor win. We're recording this six Georgia- days before they announce the playoff, and Notre Dame could very well make the playoff, and Brian Kelly is leaving. So, like, that certainly says something about what you're saying, about making it versus winning it. Yes. Yes, and that that's the part that I just... I've wondered with Kelly and I've asked people and, and the answer's always been, well, no, he's, he's fine with it because he's made Notre Dame into the job he wants it to be. And there are always kind of a few little tweaks here and there that, that could be made better. But the, the prevailing thought was as long as they keep trying to improve things, he's going to be fine there. But I, I, I've always wondered, would he say, maybe I can't win a national title here. Maybe I need to go somewhere where I'm fishing from a bigger recruiting pond and I can build the kind of roster that can win national. Cause clearly he knows how okay. to build a roster to make the playoff. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But, but like to me, the, the question of fit is what is so surprising about this. This is someone who spent their entire career coaching in the Midwest and is now going down to Baton Rouge. Like it's from that's, the Northeast It's from the Northeast. Well, here's, like, here's the thing. It, you fit in the SEC if all you care about is winning. You fit. But isn't there something to be said for having been at an SEC school, recruited in nope. the SEC first? No? Didn't, didn't bother Urban that that... Meyer. He won two national titles without ever being in an SEC school before. Nick Saban had never been in, at an SEC school when he went to LSU. He won a national They're title a slightly there. Slightly a different time. I mean, I, I think... It's just, I'm, I'm still, I'm just, I'm trying to process this. We're, we're working through this because I'm also still trying to process Lincoln Riley to USC. Like I'm still, these are genuinely stunning, stunning moves because these are coaches. There's only a few programs that have made the playoff in this era. And these are coaches in those programs leaving. Yes. Yes. That, and, and that tells you kind of where their priorities are and, I think their priorities are national titles and what they're what they're saying is I think I have a better chance of winning a national title at this place than at that place. Here here here's a take too. I, I think 
we've heard so much, especially in the wake of Chris Peterson's retirement, Bob Stoops' retirement, which he's back, by the way. <laughs> he's coaching yes, he, Oklahoma it, right now. Kind of back Barry Alvarez style, yes. Yes, uh, which we can get to that. that was, I, I love that as well. But coaches have left the college game and said the recruiting is getting out of control. It's so 24-7, the way the rules are, all of these things. And, you know, you've had Matt Rules and all these coaches, Cliff Kingsbury, go to the NFL. They don't have to call 16-year-olds all the time. It's almost like Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly are saying, if I have to do this in this era, I better have a chance to win a national championship. I better, I better have a chance be, to win a national title. And you better, better be, be five paying stars. my ass. <laughs> right. Yes, and, be and they better be for five stars. butt out the wazoo. Players all the time. And both of them are going places that have just a plethora of that in their backyard. Yes. Yes. Now, here's the thing. All these coaches are leaving, and these coaches are saying the same thing. But there are, are still plenty of coaches who will happily take an obscene amount of money to try to win the national title. And I think that's that's the part everybody forgets. These guys are hyper-competitive. They hate losing. They love winning. And now the financial incentive is off the charts because you can't afford to lose a guy who can win you a national title. Or if you're a program that, that expects national titles, you can't afford to not hire someone you think could win one. So like Scott Woodward had put himself in a box in this situation. This is the guy who got Jimbo Fisher to Texas A&M as an AD. He goes to, to LSU. He fires the coach. It's okay. Which whale are you going to land? Is it, is it going to be Jimbo? Is it going to be Lincoln Riley? Well, guess what? He landed away. We were making fun of him I, earlier Monday. I I was having that conversation all day on Monday. Where is LSU going to go? And, you know, they thought that, you know, you can't hire the Louisiana coach. You can't hire Billy Napier, right? Not not a right. big enough name. Not a big enough, you know, or uh, winning enough track record and whatever, you know, like winning at whatever level you think. And then they go and get Notre Dame's coach. Both of these situations are – where you don't assume that anyone is so happy that they won't pick up the phone, that someone is untouchable. Yes. Like I, I think back about, so I, I saw Brad Stevens. So, so, so one of the all-time stunners was Brad Stevens to the Celtics, right? That was a, right. it dropped in a Butler press release on July 3rd of July 4th weekend. No one saw that one coming. And I had been in Brad Stevens' office like, three weeks prior. And this is after he'd been rumored to be in the mix at UCLA. And there were some other big jobs in, in college hoops that opened that year. And he said something to me where you could just tell the wheels were already moving a little bit as I looked back on it. But he said, you always pick up the phone because you never know when the, when the person on the line is going to change your life. Like you never know when it's going to be a life changing call. So you always pick it up. Even if you're Brad Stevens and it's all these jobs yes. you're not going to take. And I, I think that's really interesting in this situation. I, I keep thinking about it in the last, you know, 36 hours because you would not have thought that Brian Kelly would leave Notre Dame, right? You wouldn't no. have, you know, but, but it can't hurt to feel it out. And then, and, then it, exactly. and then it worked. All they can say is this is the, the analogy I used in that mailbag column last week was it's like asking the most amazing person at your school to prom. All they can say is no. The worst thing they can say is no. And is your life over then? No. You're just kind of right back where you thought you'd be. And so there's no reason not to ask. And, and to your point about you never know when the next phone call might change your life, you always have to listen. I mean, 
I think most of us in in the prof- in our own professional lives have turned down job offers before, but you listen to every one of them because why not? Somebody's somebody's one somebody's nice enough to think think of you that way, and so you should at least give them the courtesy of hearing them out. But you just never know when your situation might change even ever so slightly, and you think, okay, this is the time. And, you know, two years ago, LSU had maybe the greatest college football team there ever was. There's no reason Brian Kelly can't build a similar roster and do a similar thing. I'm just, I'm, I'm picture, I'm trying to picture him in the colors with like a plate of gumbo or something. Like I'm just struggling here. I mean, I just don't think people could have seen the last two days coming. And now we have a cycle where USC opened, LSU opened, Florida opened, Notre Dame opened. Like this doesn't happen. Oklahoma's open. Oklahoma <laughs> is open. This doesn't Crazy. happen all at the same yeah. time. And in a year where like we kept saying, like one of the one of the talking points was there's there's so many jobs open and there aren't enough candidates. Like there's not enough big name coaches for them. And then people, you know, got big names and and that creates more openings. And it creates openings at Notre Dame where We've been saying, oh, you know, Luke Fickle, Matt Campbell, these guys, like that's those are dream jobs for these types of play, these types of coaches. LSU wasn't exactly, or USC wasn't exactly the right job for those types of coaches. And now the dream job's open. Well, and that's the thing too, because we 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 keep eliminating certain people because either we've talked to them or we've talked to their agents and and they've told us, hey, that's probably not my speed. That t- that region, whichever it is, it, it, yeah. it could be the SEC, well, well, so it could be the Big Ten, it, it could makes, be the Pac-12. It makes sense for a Luke Fickle yeah. to be a Midwest guy. Right. But Notre Dame's the one, or one of the, one of the few that we've said for Luke Fickle and for Matt Campbell, if that opened, and we had no idea it would ever open, that they might be willing to jump. Now, here's the crazy part. If you're Luke Fickle and you make the playoff, at Cincinnati, you're the first group of five team to make the fourteen playoff. Can How are you going to do? You should you even the do it? Job, but ride out the oh, run. Oh, and by the way, Cincinnati's already lost a coach to Notre Dame going into yes. a historic postseason situation. And, I unfortunately and, covered the aftermath of that in the Sugar Bowl. Cincinnati and Notre Dame are also intertwined this season because they played and because Cincinnati beat them and they're their best win. So they've been wanting Notre Dame to have a good season so that the win looked good. But I was at that game. I covered that game. And there were a lot of people who wanted specifically to beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame because of the Brian Kelly history, despite the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, again, the aftermath, whatever, it's whatever. Been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, and the fact that Notre Dame scheduled this game helped Cincinnati in the first place. But there's just a lot of tangled wires in this one. I, I don't know. The The playoff is such an interesting wrinkle because I don't think I would have thought that a team in contention for a playoff spot would lose the coach, right? Like you would have thought that this would right. happen later because of that. So because that didn't happen, I don't know 
if Luke Fickle's your guy, I don't know what the timeline has to be. I mean, you may have to just wait. And I don't know how that works, but... Especially with the signing day. I mean, you just have to say, yeah. we're going to sign our guys in February. Yeah, yeah. And it, but, the, but the thing is, it'll be a, great, a giant tell if Notre Dame doesn't hire a coach in the next two weeks because signing day is December 15th. So if they don't hire a head coach, you know, you know what's coming. You know it's somebody who's playing in the playoff or somebody who's in the NFL right now. So I, th- that is the craziest thing. So who, who are we talking about for Notre Dame? Luke Fickle, Matt Campbell, clearly yep. are two that you would think Jack Swarbrick would want to call. But this is, like Oklahoma, this is a job that people will come out of the woodwork for. Yeah, so, I mean, I think when Marcus Freeman went to Notre Dame and they spent all that money to bring him in, you were starting to think that way, right? Uh, I mean, again, not mm-hmm. this quickly, not one season. Kind of in. like a Lincoln-Riley succession plan at Oklahoma. Yes, uh, Ryan Day, Ohio State whatever that might look like. Um, but, you know, now you could also think, okay, Luke Fickle to Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman to Cincinnati, right? Like you could, you could see all the different possibilities there. Um, this could get shot down immediately by you right now, but Matt Rule, does he, if oh, he I'm wants to come back down. to college, I'm, this is the job, I mentioned right? His name, I mentioned his name on a radio show for Oklahoma today because I think Matt Rule would be great there too. I, I think that if he, I think the two jobs for him, to come back to college are Notre Dame and Penn State. Those would make sense. I mean, there's a lot of I would only leave for Notre Dame yeah. coaches out there. And it's understandable. Like it so, is it is the think so Nicole, think about the age group most of these guys are in. These guys are, are, are in their late 40s, early 50s for the most part. When they were kids, when they discovered college football, no matter where they lived in the country. Notre Dame was the biggest thing going. Notre Dame was the only school that had its own national TV deal. Notre Dame, the, before that, had the replays on every Sunday that were syndicated all over the country. So people would watch. People who didn't care about Notre Dame football would watch it because it was the only sports that was on on a Sunday morning. So there's a lot of people who grew up, even if they weren't fans of Notre Dame, they it just means something to them. It's special. It, it's it's one does of it, these does special it just, places. Does it just mean more to a certain uh, no, subset clearly, of coaches? Clearly not. <laughs> clearly not. Clearly, clearly the SEC continues to just mean more. Well, mean more than Notre Dame. Uh, Lincoln throw, Riley does not believe more, it means more. Throw more money at think. I mean, you know, one thing that Pete Sampson has written about our Notre Dame writer, who's gonna have plenty to write about here. The fallout of this. A long night. Long night ahead. Long night ahead um, is, you know, I mean, Brian Kelly has brought up like the facilities and, and different things, mm-hmm. right? Like th- there are reasons when coaches come up with, you know, moves like this, um, yes. per- perhaps more in this case than Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma to, to USC in terms of stuff like this, where there's a track record of complaints and pushes and a- asking for certain things. Um, but man, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think there's a lot of coaches that are, this is the dream job. It's always been the dream job. No one ever thinks it's going to open because if you have that job, you're going to stay forever. And yep. I, I do think that this is one where you do, again, you call people for the life-changing call because you don't know who's willing to say yes to this. And I think it's a different, I do think the candidate pool, like I, I think of it similarly to Oklahoma, but like of the, of the names and, and the type of coach, like the, the temperament and the, and the the recruiting history and all these things that I'm, I'm picturing. But I mean, you can call anyone and they're going to pick up. It's Notre Dame. Yeah, and, and it's it feels like different personalities. I have to stop. I'm I'm I keep 
getting in my own head about Oklahoma, I have to I have to realize that if you're a candidate or a potential candidate, you have to look at Oklahoma as an SEC job now. And I'm not thinking of it that way. I'm thinking of Oklahoma as what yeah, we know true. Oklahoma that's as true. right now. But Oklahoma is an SEC job. Oklahoma is the same cal- same type of job, caliber of job, same challenge of job as LSU, Texas A&M, Georgia, LSU, Auburn, Alabama, Florida, all of those. I I just had another thought about about Brian Kelly to LSU because one of the issues that Ed Ogeron had down the stretch here is hiring assistants, right? He's hired, he's made mistakes. He's hired the wrong ones. That's it. Brian Kelly hires great assistants. Great core. Yes, he does. Like there, the, the stability element of, of bringing in Brian Kelly and like the staff he's going to bring, I think is going to be refreshing for LSU. But like, I I wouldn't have thought of, again, you're thinking about candidates, you're thinking about fit. That element, I think, is underrated in some of this stuff when you talk about alignment and all these like buzzwords that coaches and ADs and presidents use. But that's been part of the downfall for O is the people around him. And I don't yes. think you're going to have that and problem. And he's, he's completely coordinator dependent. He'd never been a yes. coordinator on any level. He'd never called plays. Brian, at least, it's his offense. You know it's his yes. offense. So he's, he's more de- – like when he had a bad defensive coordinator, they were real bad. But – but he's hired multiple he, 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 good right. ones. And, and the thing is, like, let's say Mike Elko wanted to work with him again. Brian Kelly can afford Mike Elko now. Yep. He ain't getting money whipped by, by anybody at this point. Yeah, the, 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 it's a blank check. It's a blank check. And, and, and that's what you do when you go to the SEC, right? And so, so that's the different world that you're walking into. Um, God, I'm st- I mean, I'm just, it's going to take me a while to process these. These guys are going to get asked all off season. Why did you do this? Right. And yes. they're going to have answers to it. And, you know, maybe, I don't know if Lincoln Riley will ever tell us exactly why, you know, whatever it is, but it's going to take a while to, it, this recalibrates a lot of things, right? Like it, it recalibrates yes. the balance of power and, and recruiting powers and, the top five rankings as Ari loves to, you know, focus on, right. Yes. And in, in the blue Star, chip ratio stars matter, but the, 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 I, I do think there's a little bit of, you know, spacing out here. Cause when, when you have Riley going to USC, I think, I think he's going to fix USC on that front, which is, which means a few less players that Alabama, Georgia and Ohio right. state can take. That's And I think that that will a be healthy for the sport to, balance out where the talent is going and concentrating it a little bit less at certain programs in the Southeast, but also different conferences like this, the, the the Brian Kelly move is, is the sec consolidating power, right? It's, it's taking a, a great coach and, you know, poaching him away from a great program. Whereas Lincoln Riley, it balances stuff out more. It's going to change the way that recruits pick schools. It's going to change where those, you know, those SoCal quarterbacks go and and things like that. And a conference that really needs that type of coach. This is, this is different, but I also think, you know, you're still going to like Notre Dame is if they get fickle, if they get Campbell rule, you know, a a wild card candidate, they're still going to be Notre Dame. Absolutely. So, so good. And, and Kelly going to LSU, everybody talks about the cultural fit. Again, I, I will I will say this as someone who grew up in SEC country, who went to an SEC school that that thinks it's supposed to win the national title every year. 
They don't care where you're from or how you talk as long as you win. They don't. And this is a guy who's had to recruit nationally. He's been at the, the original national recruiting school. And yes, at LSU, you have to lock down your borders. Like you can't, yeah. you can't be letting Alabama take Devontae Smith out of Louisiana. But the good news is most kids want to grow up playing for LSU. Where do a lot of the, the really good players in, in, in Louisiana play? They play at Catholic schools. Who's been recruiting the best players at Catholic schools, I don't know, for the last 12 years? I, I, I'm with you, and I also think stylistically as an offense, there's some interesting elements to this. Like there, There's so much to unpack with this move, but it's genuinely a stunner. And when, when I got a text from someone during the day saying, hey, you know, I think there might be something to this. You know, I, I think that at the very least LSU is going to put together a big offer for, for Brian Kelly. He's going to hear it out. I was like, well, you know, how is he going to use this for leverage? You know, what is what is this going to mean? I mean, that certainly sounds one-sided. You know, but, but there are reasons. There are reasons from LSU's side that this is going to work, that it can work. And there's reasons for Brian Kelly to make the jump. And, and I think it just comes back to what you said right out of the gate, right? It's about making the playoff and having a chance to win a national championship. They're different. Yes. Yes, there, there's a ceiling there. And 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 thing is, when the 12-team playoff comes in, that will become even more pronounced. Notre Dame, with its ability to make the 12-team playoff every year, with the way it's going to be structured, where you have to, to win a conference championship to get a bye, Notre Dame is going to struggle to build the depth of roster that you need to win four games to win the national championship. LSU can build the roster that could win the national championship by winning four games or can win the SEC and win it by winning three. And that's just, it's just a fact. I mean, we've seen LSU do it. We just saw LSU do it two years ago. And I don't know if that means, because what I wonder, can, can say a Matt Campbell or a Luke Fickle or a Matt Rule or whoever they wind up hiring, can they take Notre Dame higher? I suspect not. I suspect Notre Dame is about where its ceiling is, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know about that. I mean, I, I would give, I'll, I'll give some time because there have been, there have been unintended consequences of a 14 playoff that we don't know what those will be for a 12 teamer. We can, we can project, we can guess things. True. And also, I mean, Brian Kelly was starting to recruit at an even higher level, right? Like, I mean, there, there yes. are differences. Yes. So the last, we don't, the last three or four years has been really good. Right. So we're just starting to see some of those athletes in this program and what that looks like. Whereas, you know, again, you go five, six, seven years into that. What does that look like? I, so I, I'm not I'm not ready to say that this is the ceiling for whoever coaches Notre Dame. But I do think you run into certain issues. And I think roster depth is exactly one of them. Um, but again, I, I think some of this stuff is just going to totally shake up the way that the patterns of recruiting and, and the way mm-hmm. that people go. And we also don't even know who Brian Kelly is going to have, you know, as his coordinators and who he's going to bring yeah. and and where their sweet spots are. So it's just it's 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 hard to it's hard to project. But man, I, Nicole, this is going to I'm going to take it's going to take me a few days, Andy, to process well, this. This is wild. I, I had somebody from a school call me. On Monday morning 
asking, you know, is there any chance Campbell gets Oklahoma? Because they're worried that their their person would leave if Iowa State opens. Notre Dame's open. Oklahoma's open. The domino effect from these things is going to be unbelievable. Because these are these are places where a power five head coach, most likely, unless unless it's an NFL head coach, that's probably who they're hiring. I mean, it, it is you. You said this earlier, but like, it is the craziest coaching cycle that we've ever had, right? Like, there's is there anything yes. that is remotely comparable to all of these jobs no. opening and two stunners back to back like this? No, no. the The bombs going off. I mean, this is like NBA free agency times a million. Yeah, take that so NBA Twitter. Take that. Yeah. Ha. Yeah. Forget. We'll have we're, our we're memes. Call them. We, well, you've got your hour bombs, and we need to call. We need to have like. Bruce bombs for, for oh, when Bruce does alli- it. Yeah, alliteration. That one's easy. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it, it has been truly incredible these last couple of days. I joked when Max Olson and I did the emergency podcast last night about Lincoln Riley going to USC that we're going to have to do 57 of these things this week. I think we're going to, <laughs> we may top that. I mean, the the dominoes are still falling and bigger jobs keep opening. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I, it's just it's wild. It's whiplash. It's <laughs> I just crazy. I just had I just had a thought and I'm going to I'm going to put it out of my mind. I was like, what if Alabama doesn't make the playoff and Nick Saban retires? I don't think he's going to do that. Andy. But I didn't think Ryan Kelly would go to LSU or Lincoln Riley would go to USC either. All right. Well, maybe you putting this out into the universe means that it won't happen. But like we didn't. I do we didn't tend to put, jinx things. We didn't. Yeah. And we didn't put out some of the other stuff. You know, I mean, we we put out that Scott Woodward was striking out on his home run hires and his big names. And and then he did it. I wonder if he was just sitting back laughing at us. For a lot of Monday or was he nervous? You got to be nervous was he in that nervous situation, that, right? No matter what. Yeah, I think. He told he told me when he was he was trying to get Jimbo when he was pretty sure he had him that when the plane was sitting on the runway in Tallahassee yeah. and he's waiting to hear if Jimbo got on it. Like he was still nervous. He's was, still freaking out. Was the Christmas tree already on the on the street at that point cuz that's so, what we knew. Funny story about the Christmas tree. Uh they bought the Christmas tree years earlier. I believe Jimbo was at LSU when they bought the Christmas tree and it was a, this big artificial thing and it broke that day, that sure. Friday or Thursday sure. or whatever day that was convenient. And well, no. So they threw it out. It, the, the, the people who come to like, when you're, when you're loaded like that, you hire people to do your Christmas decorations. So the people came in to set them up and they called Jimbo like your tree's broken. We can replace it. He's like, sure. Just throw the old one out. They, they put a new one up that day. And it stayed up till February. <laughs> well, I like the other story he? better. I like the other story better. Oh, I, I don't know. I just imagine that lonely Christmas tree sitting in Tallahassee. Like, where'd everybody go? What, what, yeah. what happened here? But, but I think, I think, I think that is right. That even when people are pretty sure these things are done, you are. I mean, like, okay, think about like when we're calling people who are directly involved in a search. You're never going to get the athletic director who is signing this person to a contract to tell you that they did it 
No. Or that they think they're going to do it until they won't even, the ink they won't is even dried. Yes. Yes. They will never. I, I've, I'm trying to think if I've ever had an AD text me back or call me back and say, I hired this guy before his school's official or his or her school's official announcement came out. I've gotten it bef- between the contract was signed and the school announced it, but never, you will never get someone to say like, that they're no. that they're the final target that you're finalizing that you feel good about they will not because you never know and everyone has worked in this industry long enough to know and this is why even though Jimbo has been denying and denying and denying and coming up with hilarious ways to say that he was not going to LSU I'm still in the back of my mind saying until LSU announces another coach and holds somebody's hand up and says, this is our LSU coach. You just cannot assume anything in this stuff. So anyone I, I involved think Jimbo's in AD things. Ross Bjork felt the same way. <laughs> I think he was saying that too. So he's, he's probably the most relieved person in America tonight. Yes. There's a couple of very, very happy athletic directors going to sleep tonight after a couple of bourbons, but everyone else or, terrified of the dominoes or, to come. Or, or Nicole, maybe he's going like, I wonder if he wants to go to Oklahoma or Notre Dame now. Oh, crap. <laughs> I think everybody's going to be nervous about the Notre Dame opening. Everybody. Oh. Nicole, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to all of these emergency podcasts that we'll be doing the rest of the week. Uh, collect them. Trade them with your friends. There's going to be more. If I, I'm going to claim a couple of random schools just in case they open. Okay. If, if Kirk right, Ferentz yeah. retires, I'll take the Iowa emergency pod. You and Scott Dockerman we are going to have an amazing Iowa emergency pod. Okay. No, well, no, we'll I'm just you. you oh, you're going to host okay, it. Okay, we'll do, that's, yeah, great. That's going to be a that's going to be a power hour emergency a co- power emergency hour podcast. emergency podcast. So I'll take I'll take that one. Um, okay. What other weird openings could happen? Well, Miami could still open. Yeah, that's Miami more could real- still open. Ole Miss could open if Miami opens. That's true. Um, that's true. Oh, can I do for can I do a like a corollary to that emergency pod? Just reading Lane's best tweets during his yes. tenure at Ole Miss. Okay, just yes. reading. And now here's a picture of his BMW X7 that he rented in, in New Orleans. Yes. yes. And here's a picture of his Tahoe that he rented in Houston. Yes. yes. That's yes. It's perfect. Uh, so that will be that will be part of that one if that happens. Um, okay. So I, I would like to. I just want some claim over Lane and Kirk. Those are my those are you my emergency pod requests. We're going to spread it around. Ubbin's got to take a few. Yes. Max has got to take we'll a few. We're, it, so many, so many to come. <laughs> Nicole, thanks so much. Craziest coaching carousel ever. Stay ever. right here. The Andy Staples Show, Power Hour, The Athletic. We got you covered the whole way through. We, we'll all get through this together. <laughs>